It's Hayward pulling it down, getting around Zubat at midcourt, launches the shot. Oh, and almost went in. Almost went in, and Duke is the king of the dance. It's time for the Shooter Shoot Basketball Podcast with your favorite Canadian, Kenneth Cotterman. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome to the Shooter Shoot Basketball Podcast, part of the Blue Collar Media Group. I'm your host of the show, Kenneth Cotterell, and this is episode 37, and I'm joined here today. Firstly, he's the host of the Slightly Biased Podcast and the co-founder of the Blue Collar Media Group. That's Steve Reisner. Steve, how are you doing today? Good. I'm uh, badly in need of a haircut. <laughs> I feel that. And then we have our NBA and NFL Twitter ambassador and head of Blue Collar Media on Twitch. That's Jet Folk. Jet, how you doing today? Oh, not too bad. Can't complain. I'm excited for today. We got a good uh, good list of things to go through, so it's going to be fun. Definitely. So we're going to get right into things, starting off with some NBA news. Uh, it was announced today via Shams on Twitter that uh, Joakim Noah is likely going to be going to the Clippers uh, before we get into this NBA season. Do you guys see this signing as a big deal at all, or do you think that Joe Keem's kind of washed up? I'll, uh, I'll let Steve start, and then I'll take over after. Um, I wouldn't say it's a big, big deal, but I'd say it's a decent signing for uh, the Clippers. I'm, if he's still, I'm sure he's still got enough left in the tank that he can just grab some rebounds or something off the bench. Maybe a little bit of a defensive presence. I don't know, but I I would like again. I wouldn't say it's a big deal, but it could be a decent signing uh, for a little bit extra depth. Yeah, and just a snowball on what Steve's saying. Uh, I think when it comes to signing these kind of role players later on, is if they are able to come into their new team and find what their niche is supposed to be for that team, it can be majorly impactful come playoff time. So. Uh, if if Joaquin can get in there and maybe they ask him, like, hey, we're going to need you to be a focus on defense while we got, you know, other guys out there like Lou Will or whatever putting up the points, that's that could be good for him. So it could be a good match for the Clippers. I think he's just a good guy to bring some physicality, some defense. I mean, he's the type of guy where if there was a hard foul on one of the Clippers guys in the playoffs and he was on the court, he would just go after somebody and get tossed and he wouldn't really care because – He's not going to be, he's not going to be scoring a ton. Like he's most of these like guys that they sign right before the playoffs, they have minimal impact anyways. <laughs> like, I mean, a few years ago it was like the Cavs signed Darren Williams and everyone's like, Oh my God, the Cavs got Darren Williams. And it's like, yeah, except his career was over like three years ago. So <laughs> not that big of a deal. Yeah. Like I think Joe Kim's, he could bring them a little bit of defense, but like Harold's going to be playing heavy minutes in the playoffs. You're going to see a lot of Kawhi, a lot of Paul George. They added Marcus Morris. This is a team that has a lot of depth. It's just if Joaquin could come in and give them like five minutes in a, in a game and he may not even need to play that to necessarily, but is there any guys out there for you that you'd like to see signed by a team? Jed, I'll start with you first. 
Yeah, I, we were talking about prior to the show, and uh, you went over with the idea of Jamal Crawford going somewhere. And actually, I said, and I think it would be a good match, is the Milwaukee Bucks with him, just to add some three-point shooting. Um, because they're so dominant on the inside as is. So if you can space out that offense in the half-court set, that's, that's solid. So that would be the one I'd think of. Steve, what about you? Is there anyone for you that you'd like to see your Boston Celtics sign? Um, yeah, well, I already know they're not going to sign anyone that uh, asks for them to sign. Uh, I, you know, they don't have that many needs. Um, really, the only thing that I saw as an immediate need for the Celtics during the season was um, bench scoring. So I, I, I wouldn't mind some of J.R. Smith or Jamal Crawford, especially their veteran presences where we have a bunch of young guys in the locker room that, uh, you know, they seem a little grown up, but a veteran presence on, on the court never hurts. Definitely. I mean, I, I thought of names like J.R. Smith, but my Lakers definitely aren't doing that because I think LeBron would kibosh that after his uh, play in the NBA Finals. But, I mean, yeah, he's a guy awesome. that – He's a guy that could come in and hit a couple threes for a team in the playoffs. And, I mean, I know that L.A. isn't exactly the deepest team. So, Jamal Crawford's a guy that I looked at. Even someone like Ryan Anderson, who might have been out of the league for a little bit. Like, he seems like he would be a guy that could just stretch the floor, especially since they already have Davis and Howard down low. I mean, you could just throw him in, and he might be someone that uh, that they want to take a look at. But... Uh, that's kind of all that we've got on the NBA front. I think there's a lot going on just with the overall league right now. They have some things to iron out. And so uh, we'll touch on that kind of at a later date once we're getting closer to the NBA, maybe tipping off again. But to move over now to the top five centers of all time, we've gone through the first four positions uh, over the last number of episodes. And uh, this one's going to be a bit more of a conversation than we've had over the last few, because I think the last four that we've had, we've all had pretty much the same list or order, but I think this one we could see a little bit of differentiating just depending on how much guys value stats compared to rings. So I think it'll be a good one to get into, but Jed, I'm going to let you go first. What would be your five through one as far as NBA centers go? Okay. Well, uh, I kind of broke it into a bit of a chart that I have here on my computer and I separated it based on MVPs, final MVPs, all NBA, all defense, titles, points, rebounds, and then I had some notes on guys. So uh, coming in at fifth could have been higher because I really believe that he could have taken his career to another gear and just never did. That's Shaquille O'Neal. He had one MVP, which is actually a robbery because he probably deserved two or three. Um, Three finals MVPs, which is pretty incredible considering he played on the same team as Kobe Bryant. Uh, 14 All-NBA, three All-Defense, four titles, even though one was kind of D-Wade. And then with 23.7 and 10.9, that's one of the best stat lines you could have in this era. Uh, He was just... As far as the eye test goes, one of the most dominant players to ever be in the NBA uh, could take games over like few ever could. And so that's why he's landing at five on my list. Number four, I got Hakeem Olajuwon. Uh, one-time MVP, two-times final MVP, 12-time All-NBA, nine All-Defense, two titles, 21.8 points, 11.1 rebounds. And more importantly, 
two defensive player of the years, which I think is super impactful. Uh, many people have talked about him as potentially being the greatest defender of all time. Some have him second behind Bill Russell. So it's kind of up in the air, but he's well-deserving of that fourth spot. Number three is that aforementioned Bill Russell for me with five MVPs, zero finals MVPs in 11 title championship runs, uh, 11 All-NBA, all one All-Defense, 15.1 points, 22.5 rebounds. I wrote down in my notes about him that it's important to note that the All-Defensive uh, award or awarding of that uh, has only been around since 1968-69, which was actually his second last season. So, I mean, it's he, he could have had 13 in 13 years of playing, right? But it just wasn't really a thing yet. Um, so that's what lands me on uh, – or lands him on my list of third because most basketball historians who – like that's literally their job is to look through the history of the game, say that he was the best offender ever. So it's hard not to put him in your top three in that case. Number two, Wilt Chamberlain. Uh, debatably the greatest scoring center of all time. Of course, Kareem had more points, but Wilt was just a monster. Four MVPs, one finals MVP, 10 All-NBA, two All-Defense, two titles, 30.1 points per game, 22.9 rebounds per game. Like, that is ridiculous. Uh, And I actually found a note on him that there was a two-year stretch of back-to-back seasons in his prime where he averaged 47.6 points in those two years. That's ridiculous. Like, could you picture anybody today averaging 48 points a game? (laughs) That's wild. Number one, I think we'll probably all have the same number one. It's going to be Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And here's why. With six MVPs, two final MVPs, 15 All-NBA, 10 All-Defense, six titles, 24.6 points, and 11.2 rebounds, that's probably the most well-rounded career that's ever existed in the NBA. Uh, he's got the most MVPs. He's got the most points. He's got the rings. Perfect shot. Perfect career. Fair enough. So the only question that I had about yours was, what gave you the edge of Hakeem over Shaq, just personally? The deep boys. Okay, yeah. that's fair. I mean, yeah, that's one thing I think about Shaq is that he really wasn't a great defender outside of his L.A. years, and I think the big reason why he won those was there was no other real centers in the league defensively outside of maybe like a Ben Wallace because I think David Robinson was towards the end of his career. So was Dikembe. So was Alonzo Mourning. Like just a lot of those centers were getting up there. So you would think if there was any other guys there that Shaq might not have any in that category, which is pretty crazy given that he averaged two and a half blocks over his career. But yeah, I, no, I, my list will be a little bit different, but I, I can see the reasoning behind those for sure. Steve, I'll let you go next with your list. Uh, five through one, who have you got centers wise? Um, so at for just a little bit different than Jets, and I'm glad that he kind of did all the stats so I don't have to. Um, Number five, I have Hakeem Olajuwon. Uh, said everything you need to say about the guy. He was an amazing all-around play. He was so athletically gifted as well. Um, and number four, I have Shaquille O'Neal. And the only reason that I give Shaq the edge over Hakeem is 
Shaq, to me, watching him play, was just the most physically dominating man I ever saw on the I've seen on the court. Uh, Shaq, just in his prime, you could not get in that guy's way. You couldn't. There was not a – it wasn't a prayer. Who, no matter who you were, you couldn't do it. Uh, number three, uh, partially because I didn't – I couldn't put him over Bill Russell. Um, I have Will Chamberlain. <laughs> all, all the reasons you said, Jet. Uh, amazing scorer. Amazing basketball player. Revolutionized the game. Oh, there was um, another note that I had about Wilt that I forgot to mention that's actually hilarious. They had to change the size of the key because he was so dominant. They made the key bigger. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of funny. Um, number two, I got Bill Russell. Um, like you said, that was a great point, Jeff. They didn't have the defensive player of the year award then. And he would have taken a few of those home. <clears throat> um, he was just – he was, his, his athleticism, I think, is underrated because people like to look back at the, the 60s era and think that, oh, he, he just looked that athletic because, you know, everyone else wasn't. No, he was an amazing athlete. Uh, Bill Russell, actually, in 1956, had the chance to go – to the Olympic track, Olympic team for the high jump or play basketball. And at the time was rated number two in the U S in, in high jumping. Holy. So, and then at number one, like you said, jet, I think that's everyone's answer. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or Lou Wilson or whatever you want to call him. Uh, <laughs> He, he was obviously painful to my Celtics over the years, but he was one of those guys, like the same thing I said about Magic Johnson. He was too damn good to not respect him. Fair enough. So my list will differ a little bit, but before I get into mine, I wanted to do a bit of an honorable mention section for the centers because there is so many good ones all time. I The first guy I wanted to mention was actually Ben Wallace. I know I brought him up earlier, but I feel like he's someone where if he was even a little bit better offensively or had a bit longer of a, of a prime, I think he'd be first ballot Hall of Famer easily. Like, he won four defensive player of the years. Yeah. And, he, and he dominated Shaq in the finals. Like, the Lakers lost in five games when they played Detroit in 04. So, I think he's someone that needs to be mentioned. George Mikan, being that he was the first. The problem with a list like this, though, is, like, how do you rank him ahead of any of these guys? Because, like, there's no tape on the guy. Like, so, while he may have been the first, like, if we don't, we, it's just, it's too tough, in my opinion. It's the same in the NFL when you look back at some of the guys who played, like, prior to the Super Bowl era. Like, it's tough for me to put them higher because there's just not a lot of tape on them. I Dwight Howard honestly does not get enough love. I think if he had a championship, he would get a lot more. But there there was a time in the league where Dwight was dominant. Like like he was he was phenomenal at the center position. Patrick Ewing, another guy. If he gets one ring with, with the Knicks, it, his legacy is so much different. 
but now he just kind of falls into I was the fourth best center in the 90s, which is just unfortunate. I The guy that I would have had at number six, I would have had David Robinson at number six. His career with the Spurs was just incredible. I think he's the, the ultimate professional too. And then a couple of older guys as well, throwing Wes Unseld, Elvin Hayes, Moses Malone. All those guys are great rebounders, um, decent scorers, but they, they fall short of this list. I have the exact same five as you guys. Mine's just in a bit of a different order. So at number five, I've got Hakeem. Um, I so desperately wanted to put him higher, but two rings – just to me doesn't cut it when it comes to all-time centers just because there are so many that have that have more than that he's the best i, I would like to point out however for him to even get two rings in that time pretty lucky yeah i do honestly believe that if the rockets would have found a way to make the finals at any point mj was there i think they would have been in trouble because hakeem was the best center in the 90s and I do think, like, when the Bulls played them in the regular season, he's, he dominated against them. So I do think he still gets rings in the MJ era. I think they were the only team, really, that could have beat him in his six championship runs. I mean, he's the best defensive center all time, I think. I, don't, I haven't seen enough tape of Bill Russell personally. So for me, he would be the best. He's just all around a phenomenal center. He has the best footwork ever. Well, and so, like, that that goes back to that point I was making about how, like, when it comes to understanding how good the older guys are, you're kind of just trusting that historians know what they're talking about. Yeah. So, I've got him at five. I've got Wilt at number four. I think his numbers are outstanding. Like, he's the all-time leading rebounder. He has, to put it in perspective, Wilt Chamberlain has more rebounds than Elgin Baylor and Larry Bird had points in their career. (laughs) (laughs) Just thinking about that is just absurd. So best best rebounder, seventh all-time in scoring. Obviously, he went to the finals a ton. Having only two finals and one finals MVP was what – put him a little bit lower for me. He has all the numbers. I just think the if he had a couple more rings, couple more finals MVPs, I think you could make a case for him at two or one, but I got him at four. I've got Shaq at three. Superman, the real Superman, as he would tell you. Uh, the big diesel. I mean, he's eighth all-time in scoring. He's a 15-time all-star. Shaq's just the ultimate what-if. What if he took care of his body? Because... I think he could have surpassed a guy like Kareem if he would have. He would have played longer, for yeah. sure. He could have he could have squeezed out a couple more good years, not his Suns, Celtics, Cavs, whoever else he played in his last few years. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it's a what if. So as of now, I've got to have him at three. Um, but the four championships helps. I had to put Bill Russell at number two. I hate the Celtics, but I mean – He's the all-time winningest center as far as titles go. 11, 11 championships is just something that will never be surpassed, I don't think, by anyone. Um, he's also, like, right there as far as rebounds go. I think he has more rebounds than Bird has points as well. Like, 
And the stats, they don't even actually keep track of offensive and defensive boards for Wilson Bill. It's just rebounds. So, yeah. Um, and then Kareem's the no-brainer for me. Like, when you look at the fact that he's all-time leading scorer, he's third all-time in blocks, he's third all-time in rebounds, he led the league in blocks four times, most unstoppable shot, and then you throw in all the accolades Jeff had before, and it's just... Well, so another thing about Kareem, too, is, like, we're always hearing about MJ and LeBron, MJ and LeBron. Kareem's right there. I have LeBron at three until he's done his career. I've I've consistently had MJ one, Kareem two. But once LeBron finishes career, ahead of MJ. I mean, I, I'm not I'm not ahead of MJ. I mean, ahead of Kareem. Jesus Christ. <laughs> But, but the case is there. I think that in the all-time debate, like, it's the top three would have to include those three players. And then after that, you get into your Magic, Bird, Bryant, all those guys outside of it. But Kareem doesn't get enough love, considering he is the most unstoppable shot in league history. I think even in today's NBA, I don't see anyone who's blocking his skyhook. So oh, totally. Totally agree. So... I have Just out of curiosity, who did you guys have at six? Moses Malone. Malone? Okay. Uh, yeah, it was around Moses Malone and David Robinson and Hayes. Yeah. Those were all names I was throwing around. I didn't have to think about it too much because we weren't doing six. Yeah, it was the deepest position for sure, but it's also the position that for the majority of league history, everything ran through the center. Yeah. Like up until the up until Jordan, it was all centers. And even leaking into the the mid 2000s, the center was important because of Shaq and David Robinson and those guys, but I just out of curiosity because I am kind of curious. Since we're on the topic of centers, who do you guys think is the best center in the NBA right now? You mean besides Taco Fall? <laughs> besides Taco Fall, yeah. Um, this is actually a heated debate on Twitter lately. Uh, I, I, I think what, when they're playing at their best, I think it's Joel Embiid. Yeah, a healthy, yeah. A healthy but, and not whining and complaining Joel Embiid. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. A not whiny, motivated Joel Embiid is a great basketball player, but how often is that? Oh, man. But, but I just that, don't understand his temperament. He's like a child. Hey, do you guys know I don't like the Philadelphia 76 by the way? <laughs> I, I've heard a time or two. My issue with the other centers is that Jokic isn't defensively anything. And Towns can't win. Badass. Yeah. Towns can't win in the league. Like, if, if yeah, you're the best center in the NBA, you should at least be in this playoff format. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, you know, I remember Shaq had a quote on that. Uh, he didn't care. He's like, he, he said something like, he's like, I never really cared about how many points I got in the game. Anything is like, the way I saw it is a, I scored 50 points and we lost. I did something wrong. Yeah. yeah. You didn't get anyone like, involved. Call Anthony Towns sometimes. I go, oh, I watch this guy play, man. He's he's good. Mm-hmm. He's got fucking talent. But, shit, you're putting up 40 points a game and you can't win. Well, 
maybe you're doing something wrong. Yeah. And I mean, like, I, I don't even think that this is like a crazy hot take, but as of right now, if I was starting a franchise, I think I would rather have a guy like Bam out of bio. Personally. I, I, I like, I like Bam. But, but I don't like me. Like people would say, oh yeah, but look, look at the numbers. It's not even close. And it's like, yeah, but that's because Bam knows his role. I would yeah. way rather have Bam, who I could probably pay five to ten million less a year, yeah. to do what he does, and not have my team built through a center, and then go and get a Jimmy Butler, who I'm a big fan of. Mm-hmm. I think Jimmy's very much the media just can't stand him for some reason. I love Jimmy. Yeah. Uh, sometimes <laughs> I like him. But uh, but that wraps things up for the NBA side of things. Now we're going to move over to a topic. We've been doing movies over the last couple episodes, but now we're going to switch over to the TV show side of things because I think we're going to differ in shows that we like and shows that we think are overrated, and that's what we're going to be talking about today is the overrated side. So, Steve, I'm going to let you take this one away. I know you've let me know that if Seinfeld's on this list by either of us, then we're fired, but... Uh, I'm gonna let you go five through one as far as uh, as far as TV shows go in the overrated. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> I heard that, Jen. Uh, number five, I have Aquatine Hunger Force. No, it's on Adult Swim back in the day. I just, I, I never, I, just, I never enjoyed it as much as everyone else. I really, I don't know. I don't. Just, it was weird. It was funny. It's funny. It was, but it was weird. I maybe I wasn't on enough drugs. <laughs> but, yeah, um, me neither. I, I've never touched them. <laughs> <laughs> so this one is. This is where I'm really gonna start to stir some feathers. I already oh. know. This. The only reason it's not higher is because it's actually a really good show and it's actually a really funny show. But number four, The Office and the American version. Oh, God. I knew someone would have The Office. It's not even the best version of its own show because the Ricky Gervais UK version was better. I don't understand UK humor. It's not as good. (laughs) And here's... you know what, dude? It was really, it was a good show. But when did Steve Carell leave The Office? Season four, season five? No, he was later than that. I think like, he was closer to season seven. Yeah. yeah. But then they went on, they went nine years of this place is filming a documentary in Dundle Mifflin. Why? That's weird. <laughs> and the only reason that I say that it's overrated is because people tell me that it's the best sitcom ever. That's a, that's a fair over. argument. That's not up for debate. And I see what you're still, saying there. Friends yeah. is still better than The Office. Oh. I think. Yeah. I think oh, everybody hate my list. Better. Okay. <laughs> um, foreshadowing. And, oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard that one too, Kenny. <laughs> um, number three. I have uh, Blue Bloods that. Tom Selleck and uh, oh, yeah. there's even a Walter in it show. It just I don't know. It's not a bad show, but uh, my thing is that I feel like sometimes they're trying to be like 
kind of badass and like hardcore and it just comes off like man you're it's really trying not. to force that aren't you? yeah like it's just not it's just not working for you <laughs> um number two i i have agents of shield uh i i i like marvel and i you know it's cool that they were able to like build this whole crazy universe where everything's connected but do we like what do we get like two easter eggs out of every 75 episodes of agents of shield like Come on, I didn't. I don't need to watch all of that. I, yeah, it, and and I don't know, on ABC where like they're trying to do like kid friendly violence, <laughs> they, don't, they don't even have like a good budget to make like superhero battles or anything. So it just it just doesn't work work for me. Only friendly violence. <laughs> um, Mar- Marvel Power Rangers is all it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Marvel Power Rangers, that's awesome. <laughs> Except I like the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers a lot better. <laughs> um, number one, I have the Big Bang Theory. Yeah, okay, that That show was just terrible. Awful. I, man, I... For what you guys know, I, I, I'm not going to say it, but I, I laugh at a lot of things for reasons. Mm-hmm. And that show just never made me laugh. I'm, I'm a nerd. You know, I'm, but it just, no. And yeah. again, I've had people tell me that show is better than Seinfeld and oh. just check your, just, you, you need to check your, yourself in because oh. apparently don't have a, a sense of humor. Oh man. Okay. I, I I do like your list. I think that's I think it's overall pretty solid. Um Chad, I'm gonna head over to you next for yours. At five is a show that I actually enjoyed, but I think that it got a little bit bigger than it actually was. And that show is The Walking Dead. Now, mm. hear me out on this one. It it was really good for a long time. But it just seemed like they started pulling at strings the further along the series went. And it just, it felt like they should have had a more true ending than how long it got dragged out. You see what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. that's kind of what did it for me. But like in the beginning, those first probably four seasons, phenomenal show. Phenomenal. Um, Number four is a show that only because of having to sit around girls when they're watching tv if i ever seen it but that stupid gray's anatomy show oh my god so overrated it's not even good like what are you watching for to see a bunch of doctors cry cool like holy number three is gonna get me fired it is friends friends is an overrated show that is not that funny joey's kind of cool that's about it number two (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> number two is definitely getting me fired because it's Seinfeld. Oh, I just, wow. I don't understand Jerry Seinfeld's humor. I feel like he just comes off as a pompous asshole and he's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> Steve is so mad. Does he know he's muted? <laughs> yeah, I muted him for this one. <laughs> number one, this should be number one on everybody's list that has a brain. It is the Big Bang Theory. It is awful. Awful show. Not made well. Not funny. I hate it. And fuck you, Sheldon. There. <laughs> okay. So 
I I would have agreed with you with The Walking Dead because there was a couple years there where I didn't watch it because I think it was season seven, season eight was just like it was a bit too far. But then I saw what they did season nine and they brought it back. Like, like it feels like if you can struggle through those two seasons, then it actually brings it back to having like a cool aspect to it. So I would have, I had it on my list until I had watched it. Like, cause I just recently watched season nine of it. So that was the only thing that kept it off for me, but our list is a little bit similar. And, uh, Steve, do you have any comment on a uh, on Seinfeld? Oh God! <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld is a pompous asshole. That's why he comes off as a pompous asshole. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're in agreement. <laughs> you know what? I have to say this: Jerry's not the funniest part of that show. Cosmo Kramer is, and George Costanza is. They're the okay. funny guys. Okay, okay, I can. I see. <laughs> Kramer hijacks a fire truck because he thinks he knows a better way around the city than the people who drive the fire trucks. So he knocks out a fireman and takes his place at the back of the truck. And then he's responding to a call that, that Jerry's at. And Jerry has the radio. And he's like, is that Kramer? That's not good. Oh, it's yeah. That's good. Well, should have told me there was a fire truck. Now I think it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he sold us on it. Okay, so I'll, starting out with my list, you both had it, the Big Bang Theory. Now, I thought the first season or two was was okay. Like it was like this. This is this is kind of funny. Like I kind of get it, but the fact that it went twelve seasons is an absolute crime because like how, how long, like I, cause I would always see it like reruns of it. And I'm like, how do they have reruns on all the time? And then I looked it up and it was 12 seasons. That's, that's insane. There's no reason for a show of that quality. And the fact that the actors were making like a million bucks an episode by the end, like, are you kidding me? That is thievery. Like, Good on them. Good on their agents for getting them that kind of cash for a terrible show. At number four, Grey's Anatomy. There are many great doctor shows out there. House, ER, Scrubs. Those ones I enjoy. But Grey's is just terrible. First of all, 16 seasons. No TV show needs to be 16 seasons. No one. Like, just go, go and find something else to do. Like... I've watched some episodes where I'm like, this is good, right? Like like any TV show, like there's a couple episodes where I'm like, this is pretty solid. But it's overrated in the fact that the amount of time that I hear people praising Grey's Anatomy and how like, oh, the new season's up. I have to go home and binge watch it. And I'm like, no, like I feel like I'd get depressed watching that show for that long. Like, so. Yeah, I, how many I've doctors got- can you kill Okay, so number three, I'm going to catch a lot of crap for this one, South Park. Okay, okay. Once again, I'm not saying that the show is terrible, but I'm also not saying that it's great. (laughs) So (laughs) I think it's overrated. There's been episodes where I've watched and I've laughed and I thought this is really funny, but it's another one. It's gone on for so long. I 
prefer Family Guy humor and I prefer Simpsons humor than I do to South Park humor. So that's why I've got it at number three because I just think that the people who love it, like they really love it and they like really shove it down your throat how good it is. I forget, I think it was Shumay and Binkley that we used to live with that used to just like praise how great South Park was. And they'd yeah. sit there for hours and I was just like, this is this is fine, but like there's better shows. Number two is Friends. I have watched this show all the way through. It's too long. There doesn't need to be 10 seasons. First of all, the show got terrible when Matthew Perry got sober because Chandler was hilarious for like the first five seasons. I thought he was so funny. And then it just, it it got boring. Like, I don't know. I hate the laugh track. I, I can't stand it with friends i think the show would actually be okay if you didn't have that but i i can't unhear it even talking about it when i think of shows like how i met your mother i'd way rather watch it than friends i'd way rather watch seinfeld i'd way rather watch even the office than friends so people praise it as being this all-time comedy and i just don't see it and at number one lost yeah I I just think, okay, so six seasons, it's got like an 85% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and I just don't get it. Like, people rave about this show, about how it's this all-time show, but like, who's a memorable character from this show? Everyone talks about how confusing the ending is. Okay, so then it's poorly written, if it's confusing. Is it it not? (laughs) there, There has to be some aspect to the writing being poor. I just think that it's I've watched all the way through it's okay but it's not this all-time great show that people love to praise it to be so that's my list to end things off I kind of just wanted to know so Steve I'm going to start with you on this one what's a tv show that you absolutely loved and the ending completely ruined it for you um you know I think I would say the wire um, and not so much just the ending in particular, but, um, you know, about season five of that show, it just really started to drag on. And, like, the wire and it's about, like, the midpoint of season three was just an amazing show, and you just couldn't get enough of watching it. And I, I thought the fifth season of that show just really, really dragged on. That's fair for sure. Okay, Jet, I'm going to go over to you for this one. I think I know what it is because I think we've had discussions about this in the past, but uh, what's the show for you? Well, there's two. Oh, no. I'm only going to say one because I think the other one is probably going to be the one you pick. So the one I'm going to go with is Game of Thrones. The reason being is because I think that they totally messed up Jon Snow's character. And I was explaining this earlier to you guys, but I'm just going to reiterate it. Essentially, the guy is supposed to be the most honorable, and, and at the end of the day, honor is all about like what's best for the family, the bloodline. Well, we found out that his bloodline is Targaryen. Therefore, your honor is to be the king. That is your job. That's literally what you're supposed to do to fit your character profile. And he just all of a sudden is like, no, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm just going to leave. Like... Well, whatever, man. Like, just stupid. And, I mean, I understand that they had to take uh, Daenerys into, like, a Mad King sort of 
situation. I get that. But it just seemed kind of forced. I don't know. It just was like a flip of the switch in last season that suddenly she's crazy. It should have been more of a buildup throughout. Well, I think it's just the last season was rushed. We talked about it before. Like, you could have spread that out over, like, even, like, three or four more episodes. Like, really drive home the point. Mm. And they just failed to do that. So, you know what mine would be? That would be Dexter. Ooh, I thought it was going to be something else. Okay, so Dexter is... I, I think it's really good all the way through. I know a lot of people say, like, oh, after season five, like, it kind of tails off. I think I think it's good. But then just the overall ending of it, like, it just put, like, a bad taste in my mouth of, like, I don't know. I think that they butchered it. I think a lot of people put How I Met Your Mother in that breath, and I just don't. Okay, I thought that's what you were going to go with. So... I've rewatched the show like three times probably since it finished. And each time I develop a bit more of an understanding of why they went the route that they did. Like mm-hmm. you couldn't have the show be eight seasons about how Ted's chasing Robin. And then suddenly it just ends with him happily with the mom. Gotcha. The mom brings a lot of happiness to his life, children, marriage, all that stuff. Like it seems to be great but it wouldn't have made any sense to not have the mother for nine seasons or eight seasons just to then in the last season rush through and then suddenly Ted's happy. That just, so I I understand the ending now at first I was so mad. I was like, I can't believe that this is, this is how they finish it. But I've developed an appreciation over time for, for how it finished, but it's Mm -hmm. tough to, to end off a TV show. Well, like, Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of shows that have, like, a really great ending, is there? Wait, he doesn't end up with Robin, does he? Yeah. Oh, wow, I never finished the show. <laughs> Spoiler. I thought, I thought that for a while. I, yeah, I kind of I, I lost interest there. No, basically what ends up happening is he meets the mom, and then they have kids and everything, but then she gets sick and passes away. Oh, okay. So that's... That's not bad writing at all. I don't. I don't, think. I don't think it is. But a lot of yeah. people were furious at the end of it. Well, because people can't be happy with the endings anything. of any show. <laughs> I've heard people say that Breaking Bad didn't have a good ending. And I, I mean, it wasn't great, but it's like like you just said. How how hard is it to actually weave together for? All these seasons, and consider that not every episode is written by the same person. Yeah, yeah. For all really these years, so you have little tidbits—you have little tidbits that random people introduced in like the third season. Then they got fired because they were an alcoholic and they didn't show up on time. And yeah. now you're gonna like solve up their story that makes no sense. Yeah, you have to somehow tie together yeah, that one thing that they have, which which How I Met Your Mother did a good job of because there's a lot of like open ended like things that they they like teased and then suddenly like five seasons later you're like oh that's why they did that like the yellow umbrella yeah yellow umbrella they really tied it together towards the end but I to end things off today we're gonna have our fan question of the week our fan is actually someone who's appeared on the show. Uh, he's someone who wanted to be here today, but uh, he, he sent in the question. This is from Seb. He wanted to know who will be the next NBA dynasty. 
Jed, I'm going to let you start this one off. Who would be your next NBA dynasty if you had to guess right now? Probably the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> so you're assuming that with this draft pick, they bring someone in, they run it back with Clay, Steph, and Draymond? Well, I want to see what they do. I don't know if we're even going to draft. I would be curious to see if they just trade this pick. Yeah, because you package that with the Minnesota pick and Wiggins, you know. Yeah, they could definitely be adding pieces there. Mm -hmm. Steve, I'm going to go over to you for yours. (laughs) Are you going the uh, Massachusetts route or are you uh, going a different route? Uh, I'm going to go the realistic uh, route here, and I'm going to say the Boston Celtics. (laughs) So you think Tatum, Brown – Kemba. That's and Tatum, Brown, Kemba, and Hayward could opt in uh, for next year, which I think he will. Um, <laughs> well, I he should. Speak. He's getting paid like 30-something a year, which no other team will offer him. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't mind his contract taking a cut. But, I mean, Tatum is going to be a, the best player in the league within the next four years. So... <laughs> And Jalen Brown will be a top 10 player in the league within the next four years. Kemba Walker is up there. So I I just don't see any way in which the Celtics don't win, like, you know, at least five championships. <laughs> <laughs> five. <laughs> okay. Um, so for this one. Oh, damn, I got to win a game in Madden because of that. I think if I had to pick one team right now that over the next like four years could win like three titles, because to me, that's like what an actual like dynasty is like, you wouldn't consider the Rockets winning two in a row as a dynasty. Ernest might. Yeah. (laughs) Of course he would. But I think the Clippers have a chance and it's because, so if they get through LeBron (laughs) this year, they're probably going to run the West for a number of years. Kawhi's still in his prime. Paul George, still pretty young. They've got guys like Harrell. They'll be able to put together teams out West. I wanted to put Milwaukee, but I don't think Chris Middleton is a number two option. So I don't see Giannis winning multiple with that group. He might win one, but I until they find somebody else, I just don't see it. Yeah, or a trade suitor for Giannis. Like- for example, <laughs> right. Also, yeah, Raptors fans also are convinced that Giannis to Toronto 2021 is confirmed. So, yeah, um, I think if I had to pick like an up and coming team, I could see Miami because I think that they have an opportunity to land a superstar oh, there. Um, don't don't let Miami Heat fans hear you say this. <laughs> well, I mean, Pat Riley's unreal <laughs> at his job oh i know but i hate the heat fans <laughs> <laughs> and if you if you find a guy who can surpass butler and make him the two option and add a bio the three you could be getting a big three in miami 2.0 reboot in 2021 so that that would be like my outside shot because i don't know if dallas will be able to do enough with luca <laughs> we know the rockets aren't winning multiple titles so <laughs> can't wait for Ernest to hear that one. 
But <laughs> that wraps things up for today's episode of the Shooter Shoot Basketball Podcast. Be sure to go check us out on the Blue Collar Media Group site, www.bluecollarmg.com. Thanks, guys, for being on the show today, and we'll see you next week. It's Hayward pulling it down, getting around Zubat at midcourt, launches the shot. Oh, and almost went in! Almost went in, and Duke is the king of the dance. It's time for the Shooter Shoot Basketball Podcast with your favorite Canadian, Kenneth Cotter.